You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks little changed on this first trading day of the new month. S&P 500 index has capped its longest stretch of monthly advances since 2014. Today, the S&P 500 index up two points to 2,099, a gain of one-tenth of one percent. NASDAQ up Four points, a gain of 0.1%. Dow Industrials up two points to 17,789, a gain there of less than 0.1%. Ten-year yield, 1.84%. Gold down 270 the ounce to 12.1480, a drop of 0.2%. Crude oil up 10 cents, 49.20 a barrel ahead of the OPEC meeting. It is up by two-tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. If you can't buy bonds as easily as you used to, what do you do? Terrific story on the Bloomberg today, arguing that Wall Street is turning to ETFs, exchange-traded funds, to sidestep persistent illiquidity in the bond market broadly. Joining us now to discuss this story is Tom Leiden, he is an ETF expert. He's the president of Global Trends Investments and ETF Trends. To give us his view, not only on what is driving the move into bond ETFs, but also if it's a good idea. Tom, welcome back to the show. How are you, Kathleen? Just great. Uh, the story points out that around the Bloomberg today that global bond ETFs, which track bond in- indexes and trade like stocks, attracted $60 billion of inflows this year through May 25th, according to BlackRock numbers. And that's the most for the period since the funds were created 14 years ago and on pace to top last year's record total of $93.5 billion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, different from individual securities that are priced pretty tightly, uh, you know, individual bonds always haven't enjoyed as great pricing and also as much liquidity. ETFs have done a lot to help that out. Uh, with all the money that's been moving into fixed income ETFs, you've got that much more liquidity because you've got them priced within the ETF themselves. So there's a, there's a great advantage there. On top of that, there's a due diligence that goes into creating the underlying indexes, whether it's a treasury index or a corporate index or a high-yield index or a emerging market uh, fixed income index. There's the underlying shares that are traded that really – 
beg for an added incentive to liquidity. How does a, a bond ETF work? If I buy a bond mutual fund, the good thing is that they're, they're laddered and the bonds are constantly turned over so the managers can kind of keep a steady return. The bad thing is if you want something that's safe like a regular bond, right, you don't have that because it's not a bond. A bond's price may go up and down, but at maturity you get back the value of the bond and you collect the interest along the way. How do ETFs work? Yeah, well, an ETF is, in fact, a fund, but unlike a mutual fund that can buy and sell the underlying securities and then are taxed fully when they buy and sell, regardless if they hold them to maturity or not, there's that pretty much pass-through opportunity in the mutual fund. In the ETF, it's different. ETF shares has baskets of shares, and these underlying shares are created or redeemed based on the demand for the the ETF itself. So there's a tax benefit there in the fact when you sell a share uh, or you sell your own shares of an ETF, you don't necessarily uh, sell the underlying securities. So that's that's a good thing because the authorized participant that works with the index issuer can actually create these baskets and hold them for an extended period of time. So there's a little bit of an extra link in the chain, and there's a benefit to, A, the shareholder from a tax standpoint, but also uh, there's almost the due diligence process because they do have to qualify to be part of that index, where in a mutual fund, a mutual fund manager can buy or sell whatever he wants based on their own mandate. Tom, are ETFs structured so that you can redeem your shares for the actual underlying investment, which in this case would be bonds? Is there any evidence that's happening? Well, in many cases, if there is a lot of redemption, the ETF provider has the ability, per the prospectus, to actually offer up those in kind as opposed to offer up cash. So in some cases, we saw this a couple years ago when we saw a a sell-off in the muni market, there were some ETF issuers that did, in fact, offer up Hmm. those shares, and and it was up to the person that was receiving those to sell the underlying. Uh, Are some institutional investors using bond ETFs in a creative way, maybe as a liquidity buffer for core debt holdings, or again, as a way to actually buy the bonds themselves? Well, the great thing is today you have so many choices, just like the bond market itself. Uh, it's sliced and diced in so many different ways that if you're an institution or a fund manager and you've got money coming in and you want to be fully invested, it's really easy just to select an ETF that hones in on that specific asset class. Uh, critics are concerned uh, in some cases about high-yield ETFs, high-yield bond ETFs, and the effect they have on bond market liquidity. How about you? Well, you know, high-yield is a growing part of the demand in the U.S. Now, uh, always deemed a little bit more risky. However, high-yield defaults have declined tremendously in the last five years, and more money has been flowing into that area. Um, There have also been periods of time when in the U.S. we've seen rising interest rates that normally would seem to threaten the fixed income marketplace, but actually high-yield bonds have done quite well in uh, historical periods when we've seen rising rates. So I'm not as concerned right now. I think, again, when you add up all the pluses and minuses, 
most importantly, ETFs have provided this added liquidity and better price discovery for underlying bonds. So do you recommend, quick, quick final question, do you recommend people look at bond ETFs? Would you buy them? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about them all the time on ETF trends, number one, and, and most importantly, the diversification and the tax uh, opportunities there versus individual issues. You've got a lot of choice. All right, Tom Lydon, thank you so very much. President of Global Trends Investments and ETF Trends, talking about our Bloomberg story, Wall Street turning to ETFs to sidestep liquidity in the bond market. Thank you for joining me, Kathleen Hayes, on Taking Stock today. Reggie Bazil, thank you, our technical director, and Sam Langa, our producer, we thank you as well. Tomorrow we'll be looking at the ECB and the OPEC meeting. Keep it right here. This is Taking Stock, Bloomberg Laws next on Bloomberg Radio. Coming up, Bloomberg Law brought to you by SSNC. More experience, superior technology, independence, and expertise. That's how SSNC drives the future of fund administration. SSNC, they are the future of fund administration. Are you hired? It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.